Good morning again, everybody. I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors on our team, and I'm super stoked to be here. I've been stoked since like 4.30 this morning. I've been drinking coffee since then, too, so good luck to you guys. Speaking of that, you guys got what you need? You got everything? You got what you need over there? You got, this is, you know, if you're, hey, if you're new or newer to our church, welcome. If you were invited by somebody to our church, welcome. We're really glad that you're here. A couple things you need to know about our church. First of all, you might get embarrassed and brought up on stage. That's a thing. Now, we wouldn't do that to any of our friends that haven't been here 20-something years. So, uh, and second of all, this is what church looks like. We celebrate the good news. We got this great music, and, uh, and we get stoked about talking about this relationship with God. We do this every week. We don't always have coats on, but we do it every single week. So everybody good? You good? Anybody need a coffee? Can we get you a coffee? Is there somebody? I would like a coffee. So <laughs> Kenny, can you go give me a coffee? <laughs> cream. Kenny, medium cream. Medium cream. No, not decaf. No, not decaf. Full strength, baby. Go. Decaf. No. Do you see how we operate in the family? People are like, just give him decaf. Give grandpa decaf. This is good news. We're talking about good news. Listen, today, this is what I have for you. You ready? In the few minutes that I have with you, I've got good news. And then I've got even better news. And then I'm going to teach you some ancient biblical Greek. And then, you ready? Wait for it. You ready? I'm going to tell you the secret of life. Okay? You got it? I got, new, I got good news. I got even better news. I, I'm going to teach you some ancient Greek. And then I'm going to tell you the secret of life. All right, here we go. That's, big to, that's a big to deliver on. Anybody doubting that I can pull that off? All right. Now with decaf, I can't pull that off. This is... This, we've been talking about good news because we've been talking about the cross. For the whole Lenten season, since Ash Wednesday through now, we've been talking about the cross. We've been digging in, doing a deep dive on the cross. And in particular, we looked at the sayings of Jesus on the cross. There are like these seven last sayings of Jesus, and we've been studying them. And this one is, it is finished. That's where we are now. This might've been the sixth statement. He may have said that and then said, because one of the other gospels has him saying also, um, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And uh, that might've happened before this one or that one. Different gospel writers wrote down different things that they heard. And so, and Ben preached on that last week, but this is either the second to last or the last thing that Jesus said. And then he passed away. Then he died, gave up his life. This is the text. It's in John 19. Uh, it's up on the screen there. Thank you, Kenneth. So stoked. Are you sure? Can Kenny get you anything while he's up? Anyone? Anyone need anything from Kenny? A breakfast burrito? Anything? Neil, you got everything you need? All right, good. Somebody had given Jesus something to drink, and Jesus, when he took it, and then he said, it is finished. And with that, he gave up his life. He bowed his head and gave up his his spirit. You see, this, you guys, is good news. We're starting with the good news. I got good news, I got better news. I'm gonna teach you some ancient Greek and then we're gonna talk about the secret of life. But the good news is that what Jesus came to do on the cross, he accomplished it. This is what he meant by it is finished. And he meant a bunch of things about that. But we're not gonna talk too long about it. I'm gonna spend a few minutes on it. But the reason we're not gonna spend too long on it is we have to talk about the better news. We have to talk about the fact that while it is finished, this isn't the end of the story because that's Good Friday, Jesus doing the work on the cross. Today is 
Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, that's right. And this is even better news that we're going to talk about. But the cross was the work of Christ and it is finished. So let's talk about that a little bit. What does the the work of Jesus being finished on the cross mean? What is that about, that the work of Jesus was finished on the cross? It first and foremost means that the work that God gave Jesus to do, that Jesus is part of the eternal Godhead, came to do, he finished it. He took care of it. He had always come to give his life. The cross wasn't some sort of a tragic surprise ending to a story that should have gone better. The cross was the point that Jesus was going to go and do some work of redeeming the whole world. And that was finished. In fact, Jesus said when he prayed for the disciples a couple chapters earlier in John 17, this is where uh, Jesus said, now this is eternal life. He's praying for the disciples. He said, this is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you, Father, by finishing the work you gave me to do. See, this is what Jesus came to do. He came to bring salvation. And that's really the work that we're talking about. And so I'm going to talk about that. What does that work look like? Jesus came to finish it. He did that on the cross. What was it? Well, it is first of all, first and foremost, it's complete atonement. Meaning he took care of, there was no longer any separation between people and God. There was no longer any condemnation which is a big theological word, meaning that they were suffering under the consequences of their sin, which was separation from God. And Jesus came to wipe that out because of his love for us. So that's what the work is that he came to do. Complete atonement, totally, uh, the total judgment of sin. He came to defeat death, as the scriptures say. There's a passage in Colossians I'd love to read you about this. It's in Colossians chapter two. It says, when you were dead, spiritually dead, separated from God, because you were in your sin, all humans are sinful people. We, we, we live counter to the perfect way that God designed us to live. That's what sin means. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He's explaining the work of the cross. Listen, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Isn't that good? In other words, they were looking, they were working in the English for a way to translate the Greek to say that there was something outstanding. There was something because we had broken God's ways, because we had separated ourselves from God. There was a punishment that was on us that was the separation from God. And Jesus canceled the charge against us. It stood against us and it condemned us and he has taken it away. Anybody know the other words to this? Nailing it to the cross. Isn't that good? Man, that is good news. That's good news. So this is what the work that Jesus came to do. He came in a way to take away that indebtedness and to restore us into a relationship with God. Let's talk more about that a little bit. What else is that work that he finished on the cross? It it looks like this too, that total forgiveness was offered total forgiveness. We have a hard time getting our heads around that. Total forgiveness. If you think about it, we don't know anything about total forgiveness, but now there is nothing, no thing keeping us from being fully right with God, fully righteous in God's eyes. This is what the the story of the thief on the cross is about. If you know the story, you've seen the, 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 the pictures, right? That Jesus was crucified with criminals on either side of him. And at one point, I mean, and those, those criminals were heaping abuse on him, like all the, uh, the Jesus's uh, enemies that were there at the cross and people mocking him. And, uh, and one of them at some point 
started to realize, oh, there's more to this story and came to a place of belief. Spent his whole life as a criminal, didn't know Jesus and came to a place of belief and turned to Jesus and said, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus said to him, remember this? This is one of the sayings that we preached on a few weeks ago. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, I heard Alistair Begg say, this, this preacher say this really funny thing. He goes, when I get to heaven, I'm going to go look for that guy. Like, I want to go look for that guy. And I want to go, how did that go for you? <laughs> like, like, he went, like, when that guy died on the cross, and Jesus said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. That guy died on the cross. He showed up, the angel there, the guardian, whatever's the, like, you know, at the gate, whatever, right? He's there, and the, and the angel's like, name, you know, like, well, what's your deal? And, he, and he's like, what, how did you get here? And that guy's going to go, I, I don't, seriously, I don't know. And he's going to be like, well, look, it's not a very good resume, right? Like you, like you spent your whole life as a criminal. You were dying for, for the fact that you were punished for all the ways in which you had taken advantage of people and hurt people and lived contrary to any kind of morality standard, no matter how you parse it. Like, what in the world? Like, what are you doing here? And the guy would be like, yeah, I don't know. And he'd be like, well, look at, I look at your resume, like you didn't go to church, you didn't go to Bible studies, you weren't a member of, of, a, of a small group, like, <clears throat> what is your deal? Like, why, how are you here? And in exasperation, like, like let me go get a, a superior angel, like I need a supervisor, right? And the supervisor would come over and be like, what is the deal that you live this whole life and at this very last moment, this is what happens? You get into the kingdom of heaven and in final and in total final exasperation that that man who came, was on the cross with Jesus would say, they, when they said, how is it you got in here? He would say, I don't know. The guy in the middle said I could come. I mean, that's... I, that's Al, I, I got that from Alistair Begg, who's a great preacher. I, I, like, that is so funny. The guy in the middle said I could come. Like, that's it. Like, that's the whole testimony. Like, that's all that's required. When we talk about the good news of Jesus coming to do the work the Father had given him to do, it was to provide, listen, church, that kind of access that is freely given because of his love and his grace for us. And Jesus is like, you have been separated from God. I'm going to take on that debt. And so you can come for free. Isn't that great news? So that, I mean, this is what this is. What this is. And then, the, the, you know, so there's, there's, there's um, uh, how did I phrase it? The complete atonement. In other words, it, it was, you know, it was purchased. Total forgiveness by grace. And, and then the, there is this uh, full access to a relationship with God. This is part of the work that Jesus came to do. He created full access into a relationship with God. This is what the, the picture of the veil is, you know, in, in two of the gospels that talk about Jesus bowing his head, giving up his spirit, saying these last words and then dying. And it says in two of those gospel accounts, it says, and there is a curtain in the temple that tore from top to bottom. And if you know anything about that story, you know anything about the old Testament and the temple, what that curtain was, it was in the place called the Holy of Holies, which was the place they did the most intimate sacrifices before God. It was the place they believed that God himself dwelled within the temple. In the temple, the place where they did sacrifices, within the, something called the holy place, there was a place called the holy of holies. And the point was God is there. But nobody could go in there and it was surrounded by this heavy curtain. What it symbolized? We're separated from God. And so when Jesus died on the cross... At the moment he bowed his head and gave up his spirit, the curtain 
to the most holy place, the access of God was torn from top to bottom, signifying a wide open restoration that we could walk in, all of us in all of our conditions, with all that we bring, all that we are and all that we're not, we had access to a relationship with God. Hey man, I'm still just on the good news. But this is the work that Jesus accomplished. One last thing that the work that Jesus accomplished was that he made it clear that no more work had to be done on our part. I love this picture of this guy at, a, at, a, at this race. I don't know why this, this thing just blows me away when I think about it. But if you've ever, this feels like what life looks like sometimes. And if we, we are people who have been trying to be good people, we've been trying to be who we think we were designed to be, we've been trying to please God, we've been trying to be a good woman or a good man, and we just get tired because the effort is exhausting and we never ultimately see the results that we hope for. And so if we live a religion where we're trying to work our way into God's grace. We're trying to work our way into God going, finally, you cleaned it up a bit, man. I've been tired of waiting for you. Like, if that's the religion that we live, it's not good news. But the good news is that we, because we've been given full access into this relationship with God, there is no human effort anymore, no striving on our part, nothing that helps and nothing that hinders us from being right through the curtain and walking with God every day of our lives. You cannot do anything to make God love you more. And you cannot do anything to make God love you less. Is that not good news? This is what Jesus accomplished. This is what the work that he came to finish. And that's just the good news. Let's turn to the better news. Here's the better news. The better news is that while the work of Jesus was finished on the cross, Jesus' resurrection brings us life now going forward. See, the good news is not like, oh, it just like that happened. The cross happened. We got forgiveness. That's great. The good news is, and now we get to live that kind of a life. Now we get to live a resurrection life. That now we get to live in the power of Jesus's victory over death, Jesus's victory over sin, Jesus's victory over separation from God. That's actually how we get to now live. And this is the better news. The cross, in, on the cross, the work was finished, but in the resurrection, Jesus sealed the deal and proved that he was who he said he was, the son of God, and and brought us and proved that he was Lord over sin and death and the grave. So we got to read the resurrection story before we're done this morning one more time. Matthew chapter 28 verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read it from that version. But uh, there's just a couple of those verses on the screen. This is after the Sabbath. At dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and... Uh, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. And then this verse on the screen, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. That was the part where he died. That was the good news. He's not here. The better news, he is risen and just as they said, so come to the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples he's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. Man, he is the Lord of life. And because he is the Lord of life, because he has been raised from the dead, scriptures say that if we die to ourselves and give our lives to Jesus, if we die with him, the scriptures say, we will also, anybody know? 
live with him. So this is now life going forward that's the better news for us. It's life empowered by the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. We are now supernatural people who get to walk with God in this restored relationship that Jesus provided for us. Wow, I know that for some of you, I just know this intellectually and I also know by looking at some of your faces, that this is a lot of theology. (laughs) But I can't not talk about theology if we're gonna talk about the good news because it is a complex and intricate work that God did to provide not only forgiveness for our sins, but restoration of a relationship with him and then power in our life to walk with him all of our days. Oh, the life that he offers is the better news. And I could spend, well, we do. I was gonna say I could spend a whole year preaching, and we do every Sunday, about the life, about what it looks like to walk with God in this life that's been given to us. And I, and I wanna invite you on that journey. I'll do that again as I end in a moment. But I, we, we want to learn more about this because we, we have to talk about what it looks like. We gotta study God's word. We gotta reflect. We gotta worship. We gotta be people who, who engage with the spirit of God within us. And we learn what this life is like to walk with him. But one clue I wanna give you, and it's at the very end of this whole resurrection passage in Matthew 28. It's one of the last words of, of the book of Matthew, the last line. And it's one of the last things that Jesus said. And among other things that Jesus said, look what he said in uh, Matthew 28, verse 20. He said, and this sums up, you guys, what this life with him, this better news is about. He said, and surely I am, what? With you always, every day till the very end of the age. You see, this is a summary, you guys, of the life that we're talking about that's been given to us. Jesus said, I'm going to be with you Always, and two things I got to point out about this thing. First of all, let's focus on the words I am. Surely I am going to be with you. This is a summary of this life. He's going to be with us, but don't miss the words I am. This is where I'm going to teach you a little Greek. The Greek words for I am, you see it all over the scriptures. You see it all over over Jesus's lips. He had a whole bunch of I am statements. He was always saying I am, I am, I am. Why? Well, the Greek word, is ego a me. I am ego a me. Somebody say ego a me. There's your ancient Greek. Good news, better news, ancient Greek. You got it right there. Ego a me. It is, it is great. It's our next tattoo. Who's, who's with me? Let's get a tattoo. It's I am. It's the verb to be, right? I am. First person, I am. Ego a me. And the reason Jesus used it is because it's the Greek translation of the Hebrew Yahweh where when God showed up to the Israelites at the very beginning and began his story of writing the story of salvation for humanity through the Jewish people, Moses goes, who are you? Like, what, who do I tell them you are? And he said, if God spoke in Hebrew, he said, I am in English. In Hebrew, he said, Yahweh. And the Greek translation of that for all of these readers at this time was, anybody know? Ego, ami. This is the, this is the, the he, Jesus is saying, I am God and I'm at the center of the story. I am at the center of the universe. I'm at the center of your story. I'm the creator of life. I'm the point of life. I'm the source of life. Like I am ego a me and I am friends will be with you is the good news of this. I mean, that is 
amazing. In this I am, Jesus went on to say, and I am, I am the bread of life. Look at this list. I am the bread of life, so you're never going to go hungry. I'm the light of the world, so you're never going to walk in darkness. I'm the gate for the sheep, so you can find life out in these pastures. I'm the good shepherd, so that I will take care of you. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm this power that you're going to live by. I'm the way and the truth and the life. Like, I'm it. I'm the direction you need to go. Ego, amy, ego, amy, ego, amy. I'm the true vine. You are connected to me, and that's where life comes. Ego, amy. I am the God at the center of it all. This is the life that he offers. So I said there were two things about that verse. Go back and look at that verse. And surely I am with you always. The great I am will be with you, but don't miss the with you. And this, friends, is the secret to life. This is the secret to life. The great I am at the center of it all is with you. He is with you, with you. I am, present tense, I am with you. And this is what we were created to experience. This is what we have always longed for. This is the secret, the point of life, that we would get to walk with this great bread of life and light of the world and good shepherd that he said, I am with you and I'll be with you every day till the very end of your life. I am with you with you. In fact, I love it in the Greek, you guys, it says this, the great ego me, which you see all over the book of John, ego me, ego me, ego me, I am, I am, I am. It says this, it says, I with you am, ego with you, me. In, the, in the, the proclamation that God is everything with you is right in the middle of it. That's the encouragement and the secret of life for us today that we would walk in this relationship with the great I am, the life that he offers. Listen, the secret to life is not, let me give you three points to a better marriage. Let me give you five ways for more productive living. Let me give you six steps toward positive thinking. Friends, we've been down that road and we know, frankly, that we are a broken people who need a savior. And the great I am says, I am with you. That's the secret of life. So all of those things we walk through, he is present with us. Where does that come as a comfort or encouragement to you? In all you are facing right now, he is with you. In all that is hard for you right now, he is with you. In all that is going on at work for you right now, he is with you. In all that is happening in your body, he is with you in your marriage, in your kids, in your shame, in your finances, in your anxieties. He is with you. And that, not the perfection of all those things, but the fact that he is with us is the secret to life that he promised. And so we enter right through the curtain in full access with God. It is finished but death isn't the end of the story. A life with Jesus is. The veil is torn. He made a way. We have access to God. And because of his resurrection, we get to walk with him. May that be a comfort and an invitation to all of us on this Easter Sunday as we now look to what's ahead. May God bless you with a sense of his witness, call you into a relationship 
of doing life with him. And we'll, we'd love to walk that journey with you. Let's start now by standing, worshiping in response, and proclaiming these good news truths back to the Lord in our singing.